Snickers bar around a cherry hostess pie. Did I ever tell you my idea for dog nuts? <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, but I'm gonna anyway. You make uh, somehow like just a ring hot dog and put like a Krispy Kreme donut over top of it. So you get the salty and the sweet. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, man. Dog nuts. I think that's the other million dollar idea that I had that'll never be of any use whatsoever. Absolutely not. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but it's fun to say. Not only have I given it away, but uh, it wasn't a good idea to begin with, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and, I, you know, it sounds better than it probably tastes. It's either going to be amazing or it's going to be dog nuts. Well, yeah, it's like, what is it? The burger that they sell in Pittsburgh. Was it like the Rothlitz burger? It's like a burger on a donut. Oh, yeah. In between two donuts or something. Like, man, that's gross. I thought that was uh, Seattle. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) This matters 0%. Should we do the thing? I suppose we could do the thing. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies so that you don't have to. Oh, I just got a chill from the spookiness. (laughs) Nah, it's past Halloween. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Hey, uh, my name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. I I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts. Plural. And this week, we are talking about 2016, I remembered it this time, 2016's Found Footage 3D, written and directed by Steve Gennaro, starring Carter Roy as Derek, Elena Von Stroheim as Amy, Chris O'Brien as Mark, Tom Separuto as Andrew, Scott Allen Perry as Carl, and Jessica Perrin as Lily. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, James. Indeed. This movie fucking rules. <laughs> it was really, really good. This movie's rad. <laughs> yes, it is. Bitchin'. Yeah. So, uh, you want to give a little plot synopsis? Sure. Six, a little six sign up? Absolutely. Now got me laughing here. Okay. Are we performing a PSYOP? That'd be fucking cool. Yeah, it would, but it would take me remembering shit so I couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know how to do a PSYOP, but that'd Mm. be pretty fucking sweet if we could, oh, if we could turn this into a cult. Ooh. Hell yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, back to to the elevator, PSYOP. A crew of six people? Short for synopsis. Indeed. So a crew of six people are going to make a found footage film out in the boonies. And, uh... Of Eugene, Texas. Is it Eugene? I believe it is. It's about, what, two hours out of Austin. Or Gonzales, sorry. Gonzales, Gonzales. (laughs) Eugene is Oregon. (laughs) Well, it it makes a huge (laughs) difference. uh, They're close. (laughs) I mean, if you look at, like, the world as a whole. Sure, Mm -hmm. in a universal sense, they're very close. Yeah. They're almost right on top oh, of each I other. I wasn't that far off. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, so this movie had me immediately. Mm-hmm. Just the text that comes up. Because if you don't mind, I have written it down verbatim. Of course you did. Go ahead. In May of 2014, Derek James and his wife, Amy Mitchell, disappeared while vacationing at a remote cabin near Gonzales, Texas. Their bodies were never recovered. Six months later... Their footage was found. Now, here's what's interesting about the head opening text. Vacationing, spelled completely wrong. So, vacationing? Yeah, vacationing. <laughs> so, like, if you're actually taking the time to read the text, you get this what this movie's doing immediately. Also, uh, their, their mm. bodies. And it looked like there was two spaces after uh, Gonzalez, Texas, and their bodies, mm. like an old man would do. Of course. But yeah, they're not capitalized, but yes. Mm-hmm. So immediately, full of typos, and it pulls out, and we are introduced to Derek. <laughs> oh, Derek the douche. <laughs> what a shitbag this guy is. Oh, the ultimate shitbag. A colossal douche hammer. <laughs> the guy sweats used car salesman. It's horrible. Yeah. So we get. Also meet uh, Andrew, the supposed director for the found mm-hmm. footage film. 
and he's pretty much telling Derek, who I believe is in like a producer yeah, role. He's, co- he's a money guy. Yeah. yeah. So Andrew's telling him that, no, man, this isn't going to work. And Derek's arguing, that, no, man, it's good, it's good, it's good. I love, and, I love Derek's argument about everything. Yes. And uh, he also brings up, <laughs> yeah, the two ways to stand out, because thousands of movies get made every year, never see the light of day. Do something unexpected or something like that. And he talks about, like, we'll write in like a pedophile priest. <laughs> and everybody immediately is just like, nope, don't do that. <laughs> I don't think we'll be doing that at all. <laughs> He's like, no, well, no, of course not. Nothing like that. And he, they go into the kitchen and he is trying to reveal something to the group. Mm-hmm. Insists on a drum roll. <laughs> Will not open these cases until he gets a drum roll. And the sound guy is not having it. <laughs> Carl. Carl's the best. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that I believe that he pulled you out because all you saw was uh, Nick Offerman. Yeah, he does. He looks exactly like Nick Offerman. Which, Stoic just like him, too. Which, I mean, is probably kind of a bummer for him when trying to get roles. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, he was good. I liked him. Oh, he was great. I think he was my favorite character in this movie. Yes, and he had he had the best reaction face in the movie. Yeah. So, uh, after Derek gets his drum roll, he opens up the cases and shows Andrew that they are going to be filming in 3D. 3D. The first 3D found footage ever made. But but why why are we film why would they be filming in 3D? What is the possible reason could they possibly do to be in 3D? Who uh, I'm a 3D enthusiast. We're shooting our vacation video. <laughs> Who shoots their vacation video in 3D? And direct quote, I don't know, Japanese people. <laughs> and everybody just went, oh yeah, okay, sure, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> But I love the fact that every time he brings up another argument, anything that he says, the answer from Derek the Douche is, but 3D. But yeah. Why or, would they do surveillance video in 3D? He, yeah, he's... 3D, because con- it's 3D. He's continu- continuously telling Andrew, their director, you're pissing in the pool again, when he brings up just practical questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. It just shuts him down constantly and kind of shows you the, the power dynamic there. So, so Derek is the money guy, but he's also trying to push to do directing stuff. Yes. <laughs> One of my favorite lines just from the intro scene in the house is, uh, after Derek walks away, Andrew holds up the camera and goes, Hey, Carl, 3D. And he's shaking the camera at him. Carl, the sound guy, just looks at him and goes, That has absolutely no effect on sound whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> just sternly for no good reason. And that's like... That's one of my favorite things about this movie is just like the subtle hints at comedy. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really doing bits. Right. But this movie's incredibly funny. Well, and it's organically funny because, again, like you said, they're not setting up like an American style. Hey, here's the setup. Here's the punchline. Yeah. They'll just say shit you kind of think, you know, like kind of half-ass think while you're watching a movie. They'll actually say it, yeah. which makes it extra funny. And it's not, yeah, it's not that, like, Judd Apatow will improv 60 things and then keep whatever cut that we like. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, yeah, like you said, organically funny. Situationally funny. Situationally, yes. So, did it look like the interviews were green screened to you? I found <laughs> out about that because you'd mentioned that before and I did a little digging. Yeah, we should probably note, we recorded this entire episode once before, but... Yes. Uh, the old computer decided that we didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ran out of space. <laughs> Indeed you did. But actually, because you'd mentioned it before, I looked into it, and that's why I slogged through that 40 minutes of the director not stopping talking at all. And um, they had to do some... They tried to film like a, a forest scene in San Diego to answer some of the questions. Like um, like there's this one scene where... Oh, God, what's her name? The, the lead actress? Amy. Amy is sitting there... And you can see Lily and Derek behind him talking. And you can kind of see her reaction back. Yeah. That was actually filmed in San Diego. And the reason they ended up green screening it is because they couldn't find a quiet enough area to actually do it. So instead of doing ADR, uh. they just composited two shots. So it was actually two or composite shots on a few of those interviews. Nice. So 
I learned something. Yeah, because like they look weird, and having to watch the 2D version of it, because we should note that this is also actually filmed in 3D. Mm-hmm. It, the, it, the name, is, it, it is what it is. Well, I, I noticed upon second viewing, too, that um, even without the 3D, traditionally when you see a shot, you see like something foreground, and that's, that's the focus point. Yes. And then everything else is blurry. But purposely, uh, there are two or three things that are also in focus in the same frame. And you can kind of see it on second, if you know what you're looking for. So they said that added to the 3D effect, the fact that on each viewing, you could look at a different person and it would still be in focus in 3D. Oh, nice. And it was, they said it was unintentional, but made it, it gave the movie a lot more depth, pardon the pun. That's fucking cool. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this is about the time that we also meet Lily, mm-hmm. who is the PA. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's very clear that uh, Derek's just trying to fuck her. Personal assistance. Yes. Because mm-hmm. even Andrew's like, oh, yay. Carl, look, it's our new PA. And mm-hmm. she's she gives the interview later. She's like, yeah, I've done like some YouTube stuff or something. But like, I met Derek at a bar, and he was really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are also introduced to Amy, mm-hmm. which is Derek's recently ex. Yes, but, his I recent ex-wife. Were they? I never was. I was never sure whether they were actually divorced or in the process of, or were they separated? The, I that's never made explicitly clear. I don't right. believe, but I thought that they had like just signed the papers like not that long ago. Yeah, it's, it seems about right. It seems about right. Oh, and uh, a funny story about that PA. That's actually based on real life because they said they'd, they'd been around a bunch of shoots and they hated it every time they'd go up there because there'd be some somebody that got the job just because that's how they looked and there they were. And now that you had to listen to them. Yeah. And then we're also introduced to Mark. Mark is in this film mainly running the camera. He is Derek's little brother. Right. He's kind of every man. just... Yeah, Quiet, he's, nice dude. yeah, he's a real sweetheart. He's just a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of a dipshit, but nice guy. Wow, sounds like uh, everybody. So yeah, uh, and I wanted to mention, obviously, again, since this is our second time around, that if you pause it and look at the timestamp, it's 10 minutes in. We've already established who everybody is, what they're doing, and why they're involved in this story. Mm-hmm. Pretty good writing. Yeah, but it, it, it wasn't like senseless exposition like, hi, I'm Gary. I'm the big tough guy. You know how like sometimes they always really try to shoehorn that in? Yes. Again, situationally, naturally, or it, it just really well, fit in. And they had, it was kind of easy to do because they were using the backdrop of filming like a behind the scenes video, the making of the film. Right. So, I mean, it was pretty natural just to write that in because then everybody has to pretty much, yeah, vomit out exposition mm-hmm. as to who they are and what they do. Well, and again, that also speaks to the fact that you're not just watching one movie, you're watching three movies. Yes. And oh, my. <laughs> it, 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 they kind of overweave each other because you're looking at they're uh, filming the filming of the movie, the, mo- the movie itself that they're filming, and then the final product, which is what we see. Yes, what we're watching. Which begs questions, which we'll wait till the end for. Oh, my. Lots of them. All kinds of questions. So they all hop in the van and they take off. And the next shot we get is them talking to some old men, like just sitting outside, you know, little roadside store or something. Oh, two be- old Texas men. Yeah, before we get to that, though, the, you know, the, like the eight seconds or the 10, 15 seconds of, of conversation that we see in the car. Yeah. The director was on the floor of that. On the entire ride from Austin to Gonzales. Jesus. And he filmed the entire thing, and he mined that for the 8 to 15 seconds that they used for it. Uh. So he actually used two hours. He went through, slogged through two hours of film to find just whatever you needed to have the exposition in the car to go to the next place. To the old guys. Oh, my God. These dudes rule. Oh, yes, they did. Because you were saying... Something about their acting, yes. which I thought was very interesting. Well, yeah. Go. Okay, well, yes, of course. Right on the spot. No. TikTok, motherfucker. Well, first of all, when I first saw these two guys, all I could think of was Deliverance. I was like, oh, here's the movie. It's going to be these guys killing everybody. 
because you know your your my brain fills in stuff, but they they were right out of central casting. It looked like I mean just they they look like hill folk. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that they had to go through a bunch of actual actors, and they went through like thirty or forty because the, the most difficult part of the scene is there's a part where they're acting for the camera but they're acting like regular people acting for the camera which is horrible acting yes so they had to convincingly portray bad acting as professional actors and that made that ratcheted up the difficulty by exponentially so they, because the yeah. scene takes a sharp turn oh yes it does because they're having the guys exp- do the whole you know super cliche oh you don't want to go that way you don't want to you know head up that road it was the dude from uh, Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. That road. You don't want to go up that road. Bad things happen out there. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> it was also the judge from My Cousin Vinny. Oh, yes. I forget his name right now, but that dude fucking rules. Ed Gwynn? No, not Ed Gwynn. It's Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is nail on the head. Herman Munster. <laughs> Fred Gwynn rules. Oh, yes. He was amazing in that movie. But that... Let's, let's get back to what we were talking about. But, yeah. Uh, so... They had to get these old men to, yeah, just kind of act like dickheads and then immediately shift to when they yell cut and they're just talking to these old guys and, you know, where are you? sign the releases. Yeah. Well, well, where are you guys heading? And they say, oh, up the I forget exactly the name of the farm. I don't know. And the old men are just like, no, guys, you don't want to go up there at all. (laughs) We're, we're, We're done. We're done here. Yeah. And they left. They just unasked boom they were gone then they get into the big argument in the car with Derek but you do not take your fucking cast and crew to a goddamn haunted house dipshit mm-hmm and again I'm still trying to figure out what kind of horror movie this is because I do I try really hard to not know, know as little about this movie as possible before I watch it and I think when they get to the house is a very good example of like almost like false tension mm-hmm. because they're wandering through the house just using the flashlights on camera right. and they're finding, you know, a bunch of old shit and, you know, right. the, oh, somebody must have just left everything here and there's a chair tipped over with a stain on the floor. A very suspect stain. It looks like somebody's brains were just popped out and when they fell off a chair yeah because we're pretty much led to believe that the electricity doesn't work in this place mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the lights flash on and Derek comes in and he's just like hey guys I found the breaker yeah and can you imagine the balls on Derek because who in their right mind would just be digging around the house looking for random breakers in the dark Ugh, no that, that kind of self-assurance is very scary on any human being yeah so they are looking around the house. They're bullshitting around, and they are filming when everybody's just kind of like laying down, going to bed, and they hear a bunch of screaming outside. Mm-hmm. And it being a horror set, and knowing that they're going to a haunted house, everybody's freaked the fuck out. And it's just Derek outside with a boombox mm-hmm. with a screaming woman. Oh, he's just trying could, to set the tone. When you could hear a, like a almost a kid's yell, and actually that was the director's kid. <laughs> Because he, he <laughs> yeah, he, he'd um, taped his two-month-old screaming at night and mixed it in with about three or four other sounds. So that's part of the sound. Because he hadn't had the baby when the movie, when they were <laughs> filming it. But when he was doing some of the sound effects for it, because they were reacting basically to nothing. Somebody going, ooh, we're scary. Ah. Yeah. And then they popped that noise in later and he used his kid for it. So... We get into some real good behind-the-scenes interviews where uh, we find out there's no ending to the script. Ends on page 71. Yep. And Derek makes a joke about, well, they did it in Apocalypse Now. And Amy immediately is laughing in his face. Did you just fucking compare yourself to Coppola? (laughs) It's just further exemplifying how much of a fucking douche canoe... This guy is. And not, not only that, but you, you know how well filming went on Apocalypse Now, right? It, yeah. It, it, was, it was just smooth sailing the entire way through. Not one problem whatsoever. <laughs> Dennis Hopper wasn't a maniac at all. No. There was no coke or alcohol on that set whatsoever. So the first scene, the very first scene of the film, Spectre of Death. Oh, S-P-E-C-T-R-E, Spectra. 
Yeah. What are we going to go watch it in the theater? <laughs> we are quite fancy. Mmm. Spectacle. <laughs> Carl's the best. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. So, there. We don't really know what's supposed to be in the scene because it does escalate and Amy ends up slapping him in the face. Right. Slapping Derek in the face. And she freaks out and, you know, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And apparently she had broken character. Yes. Because we didn't know that they were just in the middle of a scene. Right. We th- I thought they, honest to God, thought they were arguing. I'm like, oh, where, where's this going? So things escalate. <laughs> Rapidly. <laughs> yes. It gets real out of hand. And we get to see even written larger how big a douche Derek is. Uh-huh. Because they're arguing not only that, but how dare you cut the scene. You know, you don't call cut. And he was getting really, really heated on that one. Yeah. It was very well acted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie's really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I was waiting for one sour note on the acting, and there really wasn't. I, I couldn't see one weak link in the acting in this whole movie. No, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Even the fucking reporter that we'll get to later. Oh, love it. Even that. he was good. Yeah, um, apparently Carl had turned down a Ben Affleck movie to be here. Mm-hmm. And it's intimated, too, and it actually pays off. I love the fact that everything in this movie really pays off. Yes. Because they talked about the only reason he picked up the movie is because... Back when I was in some financial trouble, you know, Derek helped me out and got me, you know, my equipment and helped me out. Yep. Plus, I hate fucking, I hate I Ben Affleck. Fucking hate Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, again, beautifully, beautifully deadpan delivery. It was, it was wonderful. So, um, Mark, the guy who's usually running the camera, he is doing like a little intro for the behind the scenes, whatever, mm-hmm. and explaining that he found an anomaly on the yes. film, which I, when you play it just the first time, I didn't see anything. I didn't either. And I can, actually, I thought that one static thing, that little, it, it looked like a piece of machinery. I thought that was going to start moving or whatever. And even when they did the grayscale, it, it took me a moment to even kind of yeah discern any kind of figure. But then you can you can see it materialize and super move and but when he looks back at it the screen is black again yeah and it's a comedy of errors too because every time he looks away at something something else happens on the screen yeah because he walks away to go cuz he heard a noise in the house or something mm-hmm. and that's one of the examples of a time when i think they could have cut it down a Actually, little bit they had cut it down because initially then they, more <laughs> because they because they said that that actual scene, because they had moved the chair, they were trying to increase the dread, and they said, "Oh, too much, too much, too much," and they cut it down to what you're seeing. As so, you're looking at something that had been drastically cut. But I mean, still, this movie has just a lot of static shots that I don't need. Yeah. So, yep. Like establishing shots. There's we'd mentioned before there that long scene at the beginning, in that square. Like, we're in the forest. They said the only reason they filmed that is because they found something that actually, they loved the light. So they filmed that scene. I thought it might have been an establishing shot so that we could see later in the film. But no, and that's right around the time they had that useless line, the one thing that didn't pay back. About losing the map. Oh, yeah, because they're in the forest. And I think Derek says something about, like, I accidentally kicked it in the river Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was getting lunch. Again, just fortifying that he's just such a dickhead. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't tell if it was Shtickla, or you couldn't tell if it was part of the movie, or the making of the movie. You couldn't tell if it was accidental. And again, this is one of the many times where you're blurred as to what we're actually watching. <laughs> and again, Derek arguing with the director. The director's like, well, it's going to look like bad CGI. And Derek's like, oh, it won't be that bad of CGI. And Andrew's like, well, we can't afford good, good CGI. CGI. On Derek. G- I, oh, that guy is just, his, his, the way he played annoyance. Like, you could just, every time that you saw Derek speak, you could just see a pained look on his face. You're just like, oh, yes. That's one of those dudes that, like, there should be a law that somebody should just be able to, like, make you go to the court or something and have somebody just punch you right in the dick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's one of those dudes that like, yeah, you can't really put him in jail 
because he's not really like hurting anyone, <laughs> but he's such an asshole. Just mm-hmm. man, you legally have to go get punched it right in the cock. <laughs> now the funny thing about that whole Derek character is that they said they had to tone it down because some of the initial stuff he went way further, and they had to cut it down because they had to try to get some kind of likableness to Derek, which they didn't achieve. No, not at all. But if you think about the douchiness that we saw, can you imagine what was left on the cutting room floor? He would have been like uber douche. He would have been like lord of all douche. (laughs) Like an actual producer. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you'll never have to get funding for a movie, Chris. Yeah, nope. Not a once. (laughs) So I thought it was pretty cool that they made a... like a 3D camera out of GoPros. Oh, that was great because they would, they broke the camera. I forgot how they broke the camera. Oh, they were out there looking at them or goofing around or I forgot what happened. I don't know. I think it, I thought they just wanted it for like the security cam footage. Well, so they just put two GoPros up there. Well, the they, director got all pissed. He's like, man, I can't believe that actually worked. Well, the, the funny, there's another story to that too. You can actually make that work. But the setup they had wouldn't work because it was too far apart. So they just popped a regular camera on there. Oh, nice. So the whole thing was actually filmed from the exact point of view where it was, which kept it right in with the film. So, And then we get Andrew, the director, explaining found footage movies. Mm-hmm. The, the first act has to establish why you're filming. Mm-hmm. And the third act has to establish why you're still filming. <laughs> and that kept me through the first time I watched this because I have a difficult time sitting through an entire movie. But that kept me through the whole thing. It's great that we do a movie podcast hey, then. I'm getting better at it, too. But th- it, what kept me going is, like, how are they going to pay it off? Because they have to pay it off. They paid everything else off. How are they going to pay off why they're staying there with the cameras? And it's paid off beautifully. Except for that goddamn map. It still bothers me. <laughs> well, they had one loose end. Maybe that was one of the cutscenes that made it important. So we get to the barn. <laughs> the barn's great. Yes, it is. Uh, is it Amy just starts essentially like verbally attacking Lily because she clearly doesn't know what she's doing. Oh, she yeah. had fucked up previously on something else. And she's like, oh, so this is where the, we're going to have a pop scare. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Amy's like, motherfucker, it is not a pop scare. It's a jump scare. And if you weren't so, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but just puts both feet up. Yeah, and uh, they had rigged a special effect that everybody had previously mentioned, like, didn't look safe whatsoever, Mm -hmm. I believe. hanging up there in the rafters. And uh, out of nowhere, a shovel falls and hits Lily right in the dome. Pank. Just knocks her the fuck out. And Derek does every single thing that he possibly can to not have to take her to go get medical attention. Are you, stand up, Lily. Stand up. Like that's you're, you're trying to make somebody that just got biffed in the head stand up. You're okay, aren't you? Everything's okay. You, you, you can hear me, right? Just, again, cementing his douchiness. And the, oh, one of the douchiest things in the... Oh, oh, God, just hearing someone say this. The, they're arguing over what the specter should be. Mm-hmm. And the director's saying we should leave it sort of ambiguous so that there's room for, you know, world building around it. Mm-hmm. And Derek was arguing that they should make it very specific, but when hearing that they could possibly make sequels, mm-hmm. wait, we can get $10 more out of them? Oh, 13 sits in 3D. 15 IMAX. Fuck it. Yep. <laughs> That's what convinces him. Not artistic integrity whatsoever. Oh, and back to that that shovel. Did you know that it wasn't a practical effect? That was a CGI? Oh. They were reacting to nothing. So that's why you saw those cuts real quick. It went cut, cut, cut. So she was reacting to nothing, but they cut it so that the, the shovel looked real. And if you looked at it afterwards, that shovel was bent. So it wasn't like she was just hit a little bit. They intimated that she, her head bent that fucking shovel. <laughs> I was just like, oh dear. Ooh. So I believe this is when we see the Spectre for the first time. Is that on the uh, monitor? Yes, when Amy and uh, Mark are talking and he doesn't want to show her the footage of the mean stuff that Derek said. Yes. And then we see the Spectre because they both look away from the screens and it shows up. And I like the fact because it was, I noticed this because again, I watched it the second time. 
when you mentioned the split screen. So I'm looking at both split screens and I'm watching the Spectre go from one screen and Into flip over to the other one. And I'm just like, oh, dear. Yeah. We, we're going to gush about the special effects in this movie yes. later because they look fucking great. Mm-hmm. A special. Well, we'll get to that one. So, let's see. The argument. Oh, the big screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And this is, again, one of those scenes where I'm not exactly sure if this is supposed to be part of the film, if this was an oh. actual argument. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you could interpret it any number of ways. Wait, is this the one where they argued and then went off into the woods? No, it's one where, like, the kitchen explodes. Oh, okay, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that was... Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if that was part of the script or not because they've argued over the script because of rewrites and then they didn't tell each other about the rewrites and there was big arguments about that. And I think, is that what they were arguing about in the kitchen, wasn't it? Uh, fucking, I don't remember. Oh, but... But it, I know the fucking guy, she's, Amy screams and like the everything just flies off of the shelves. Yeah, just jumps two feet out of all the cupboards and just lands, boom, on the floor. Which again speaks to that meta aspect because... It had been rigged to do that. Right. But the trigger was not only turned off, but unplugged. Because they'd mentioned, well, I didn't turn it on. And they're arguing, arguing, arguing. And basically it's just like, this is weird. Just say it's weird. And then it goes back. And it <laughs> Carl. was... Yeah, just So he finds... All I want is for you to admit that this is fucking weird. <laughs> and then he comes back and said, this was completely unplugged. And they showed it. There was no plugins whatsoever. And finally, Derek the douche goes, okay, it's a little weird. A little weird. <laughs> so, we hear more screaming at night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh boy. Oh boy. Because uh, it gets real dark and then real just kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Because this time it is real screaming. It is Amy screaming in the woods. Right. And we're still, the camera's a ways away, so it's still a little blurry, but somebody yells, He's raping her. And then we get a full <laughs> view of Amy over the back of the car. Yep. <laughs> Just it, going to town. It it was not a rape. Nope. <laughs> nope. Whatsoever. Nope. And then the next day, Amy struts out with a black eye. Right. And Derek comes out shirtless and like pajama pants, like grabbing his balls and shit and like strutting out Jeff. <laughs> Puffed out. If you could, if you could move greasily, that's how he was walking. He was just walking <laughs> greasily. It was oh yeah, just oh the and the awkwardness because he's walking around like hey, guess what? You know, you know, yeah. you know, you all know, you all saw it. Yeah, yeah. What's up? So since he's such in such a good mood, they all decide to go to the bar and get sloppy drunk. Yes. <laughs> Amy makes the joke about Derek giving her herpes. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? So he just goes on wild and odd tangents. That's how I got herpes. Yeah. What? And we find out that there's going to be a reporter from Fearnet coming to set. The critic, yeah, the critic from Fearnet is going to be on set. And that's an honest to God, yeah, real Fearnet. Uh, my brain just stopped. I'm a critic, so. Yeah. I had to make but, of course, Derek has to be a sleaze bag, and he's uh, doing the old classic, trying to show Lily how to shoot pool. Basically groping the snot out of her. Mm-hmm. While uh, Amy's <laughs> right there. Especially after the last night. <laughs> yep. Again, cent- cementing his douchebaggery. So she understandably throws a drink in his face, and they cut back to the house, and the house has been tossed. Completely tossed. Just absolutely ransacked, but nothing is missing. The only thing that's kind of fucked up is there's a weird slime all over Carl's sound gear. And it, yeah, it was just over Carl's sound gear. And he says, fuck you, I'm out. And he also says, hey, how come your shit wasn't touched? Yeah. Looks at Derek. Like, it was almost like whatever's happened is setting Derek the fuck up. Yep, and we find out that Carl is free to go, but the sound equipment stays. And this is, again, it, it went back to that callback. He helped me out financially. Yep. And Derek's basically like, I own you, and I own your shit. You can go, but your shit is staying here. Yeah. 
He's a real shitbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just again, they pulled back from what they could have done. Can you? I, I still can't imagine how they could have even made him worse. But and he, he does it unapologetically too, because usually when somebody plays a douchebag like that, they try to find something redeeming. He did not even look for that in the slightest. I don't think it was even an idea for him as a choice. One of my favorite funny scenes is Derek and Andrew, the director, arguing about why they would still be filming. Yes. And Derek's reasoning is, well, they have to be filming to use the light on the camera. Andrew's like, no, they don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's fine. Audiences are stupid. <laughs> it was, he said, well, no, they're not. What are you talking about? The war reporters do that till the very end. Somebody goes, war reporters are paid. <laughs> so, yeah, he's come, trying to come up with uh, better ideas. And again, they all suck because it's Derek. They do a fucking nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, a straight up fucking nightmare on Elm Street. Because it open the scene opens with Amy screaming, her arms all fucked up. They unanimously decide that she does need to go to the hospital. Yep. And Derek flat out tells Mark that, you know, oh, you think this is the first time she's cut herself for attention? Mm-hmm. You don't know my wife. He specifically said, my- I believe this is the first time that he says, my wife. Mm-hmm. You don't know my wife as well as you think you do. But we also have to mention that it wasn't just like one cut. Like, if it was one cut, even as an audience member, I get, well, maybe she did cut. No, there were, what, four of them? Yes, it was a Freddy Krueger. Straight up Freddy Krueger slash. Yep. And we find out pretty much immediately, I believe it's the next scene, where she's back from the hospital and talking to Mark. They're doing more of the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. whatever. Are you filming? I'm yeah. on the good drugs. Haha. <laughs> yeah, and... The film goes through the house while everyone's sleeping. Yeah, and, she's and they like, start accusing each other of having filmed this. Turns that's out, creepy, Mark. That's creepy. Why are you filming us while? No, there you are. Yeah, and they end up seeing everyone, and you know they do the kind of typical "Who's doing this to us?" Which is so fucking weird because if it was just kind of a shitty movie, I'd be mad at that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they are trying to hit all the bad tropes of found footage movies mm-hmm. and doing them badly, but perfectly badly, yep. it kind of makes me not know how to feel about well, this. It's Again, it's like you have to know and love this and be very good at your craft to do that. Just like the guys who are acting badly, actors acting badly directors acting badly but making it work within the genre again that's why i mentioned how it was similar to scream in that aspect yeah it's like uh tim and eric when people are like oh it's a great show to watch stone i bet they get high all the time they're like no we don't smoke weed like what we do is actually really hard to do (laughs) like Mm -hmm. yeah the comedy in this movie is really hard to pull off especially right. when you're doing all the dumb shit that they're doing because the comedy or the the funny beat beats never take you out of the movie and that's what makes it real difficult it's like pulling out deadpan for real that's got to be one of the hardest types of comedy to do so we see the specter again they're looking back through the footage but this time it flicks over to what's happening in the room there's a mirror behind where they're sitting they see the specter on the monitor and then in the mirror and then back on the monitor, some shit like that. Yeah, and that's where we see it kind of go from one, one to the other when he's not looking at it. Yes. And he's like, move your arms, move your arms, because he wants to see if you can see her reflection behind the, the smoke monster that's in the mirror. Yeah. Which was beautifully animated. Oh, man. It was just because... The specter looks so fucking good in this movie. Because usually when they do the smoke effects... It looks CGI. This thing looks, it looked feasible. It looked like a plausible, scary thing, which made it extra scary to me. I'm like, I don't want to look in the mirror for about another week. Thank you. So Derek and Mark are arguing over Amy because Mark wants to leave and take Amy with him. Yeah, he's kind of standing up to him. Hey, I'll go. I'm fired. That's fine. But I'm taking Amy with me. Yeah. And Derek does the douchebag older brother just basically picking on him like they were 12. And pops him in a headlock, kind of wrestles around with him. 
but Mark is not having it in the slightest. So here's one of the big, and I don't even know if it's a problem for me because I don't know how to feel about it. They explicitly state the beginning of the third act. Mm, I think it's... They say the words. <laughs> this is how the third act is filmed. Mm-hmm. And they do they, it beat for beat right after it, too. Yes, they explicitly state it. But it's done in the context of, again, this weird meta couple layers deep of, oh, they already said that there needs to be a reason to keep filming. Mm-hmm. And Mark's reason is because he wants to document everything that happens to Amy to protect her. Yep. And, again, it's done beautifully because it works within the rules of the film that we we're watching. Okay. Yes. They mention it, but they also do a bunch of other things that are again, what you'd think trite or hack. Yes. But they do it again perfectly. So it works within the thing. So I don't see why you would feel badly at all because again, in the context of this film, it works wonderfully. Yeah. But then man, that scene takes forever though. That is a very long scene that they could have, again, this movie is like 10 minutes too long. Yes. They could have cut again, little snippets here, little snippets there. And again, this one where we watch them hug for like 30 seconds. Yeah. Just for Amy's face to turn weird for a second. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that was... Or the the scene where they're in the back smoking a cigarette. Yeah. There's there's no need for it. Why why are we watching that? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Pick up the pace, guys. Like, it's not badly paced, but there are just little 30-second snippets here and there that really start to add up. Mm-hmm. And, and you try to figure, are these put in here for plot elements? But you, upon rewatching, they kind of aren't. They don't really, they jar you a little bit. They don't really fit. <laughs> so, enter Scott Weinberg, oh, reporter yeah. from FearNet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he immediately starts making fun of them to <laughs> their faces. Mm-hmm. Unrelentingly. I see we spent a lot of money on makeup and effects, huh? Yeah, because... Uh, we're shooting, they tell him, we're shooting the first 3D found footage movie. And Andrew, the director, speaks up and says, you know, yeah, our, our crew used to be a little bit bigger, but we decided to slim it down and, you know, mm-hmm. streamline it a little bit. And Scott Weinberg's response is, uh, oh, so you guys decided to go uh, or forego writing and makeup and set design and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is about the time, was it now or a little bit later when he figures out they don't have an ending to this film. Well, <laughs> Derek is, while the reporter is there, and I don't know if this was an editing thing. Like, I think this should have been a sequence for before the uh, re- uh, uh, reporter got there. Because Derek is trying to rewrite the ending so that he survives. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to explain to him again, no, Derek, the first rule of found footage movies Everybody dies because if somebody survives, it's not found footage. It's just footage. It's a documentary. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and they, how many times did they have to run him around that bush for him to even partially get it? And then it cuts back to Andrew outside, just losing his goddamn mind about how stupid found footage movies are there and were, how much he fucking hates doing this. There have only been two good found two. <laughs> Those were over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, they, he actually references, um, the director actually references the movies he's talking about. He's like, obviously, Blair Witch is the first one. The other one is, um, there was a sequence in VHS 2. The cult scene? I believe so. That is one of my absolute favorite horror anything ever made. The cult scene in VHS 2 is fucking outstanding. But you said that is the best standalone found footage that he's oh it's watched. it's probably yeah like i said my favorite sequence of horror that exists so that's it's so fucking good but that when he mentions that and his little tarot about how stupid fucking making these are and they don't work and you can't sell them and all that those were the two movies he was actually referencing <laughs> I, I love derek's uh scene intro and this is Derek James, and then points oh, at points. the camera, Disco signing style. off. While everybody's like trying to work around him to set up a scene, mm-hmm. he's just being a shitbag and thinking that he is super duper important. Well, like remember earlier in the film during the forest, he's like, 
Okay, boom, 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 Spectre. Like, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. He's just wandering aimlessly, flailing his arms about, just yelling, boom, Spectre. Like, anybody's supposed to know what the fuck he's talking about. So they start shooting the scene with Scott Weinberg watching the filming. Mm-hmm. And it's a scene where they're sort of reconciling. And it's shown through, like, the security cam footage that they had set up. Mm-hmm. And Amy looks at him and says, you know... Why don't you turn off the cameras and let's go to bed? And of course, Derek so he, the douchebag walks up, pretends to turn off the camera. Wink, well, wink. He's fucking around with it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's actually trying to turn it off or not, but no, he is I, I up he on just, the stool fucking around. We see Amy just kind of take a few steps backwards, grab a hammer off the counter, mm-hmm. and uh, really splatters his fucking brains all over the place. And and just prior to that, if you watch it, she winds up, he looks in surprise, <laughs> and she just biffs him right between the eyes. Pank. And you can see her eyes just prior to her hitting him with, just f- briefly flash to red, like almost imperceptibly just flash to red. And then she, you see her lean back. And she and fucking Gallagher's his dome. <laughs> two steps back and just three in a row. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> She beat the soul out of his body. Mm-hmm. He, she beat future generations. <laughs> and obviously this wasn't planned. The entire crew is freaking the fuck out. Uh, Andrew gets up and runs toward the door. Or is it Mark? I Mark, believe Mark, Mark. Yeah, Mark gets up and runs toward the door. It slams shut by itself. Uh, and then the, uh, the critics like, are you fucking yeah. with me? You guys are messing with me, right? This is a joke. This is some kind of joke, right? Yeah, because this is, you know, he doesn't know any of these people. He's just here watching the filming of this movie and he sees this super realistic looking violent scene. Everybody's losing their mind. A door slammed out of nowhere. Yep. Everybody's losing, going ape shit. And he's just like, guys, what the, f- is this, is this yeah. a joke? And then you, then they cut the scene. Uh, what's on your shoes? And there's a, just a giant pool of blood just, Coming out of the kitchen. And then Andrew fucking explodes. Well, actually, Andrew didn't explode. I rewatched it. Um, he he just well, his top half kind of fell off. He didn't blow up, but the the the, the um, specter comes came out, out of him. him. Yeah, yeah, and it looks amazing. Oh yeah, we forgot about Scott gets the door. Oh, the just, door blasts open and just liquefies him. Yeah, just boom and. Everything in that kitchen was just one exploded corpse. Just <laughs> bones and flesh covered every single ounce of that kitchen. But like I said, I really want to kudos to the special effects team because mm-hmm. holy shit, the Spectre. I mean, for the kind of movie this that this is, it looks amazing. Yes, because in about two minutes, it also swallows Lily. <laughs> yes. Because Mark runs out with the camera, finds Lily in the woods, they're talking, and it fucking swallows her. He starts running, obviously, because, you know, something... Like just, you do. Something just ate a woman out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And it almost looks like it hurls her fucking body in pieces at him. Mm, just down sure. on there. And this is right about this time they found uh, Sound Guy on the road, right? Yeah, Car- yeah he- Carl was all fucked up. I think he saw Carl first, and then all of a sudden... Spatter, Lily spatter. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's like you know when you watch people like load fish. It had the wet sound effect too. That yeah, it's real gross and it looks great. Oh yes, yes, yes. And I'm I'm a little nauseous right now just thinking about it. Oh, so here's the part of the movie where I kind of don't like it. I really like what they did. But I didn't like the execution of it whatsoever. All split screen all the fucking time. Because Mark and Amy find each other eventually mm-hmm. using the camera lights and the cameras and wireless mics. Because I remember the first time that I watched this, I'm like, Mark, you dipshit, fuck it. Just look for the light. But no, there's a way for him to find an earpiece and the earpiece would somehow make it a receiver so they could talk to each other. Because right now... She can talk to him, but he cannot talk back. Yes. So the, his decision is to go back into the house <laughs> where old boy just exploded and a demon came out of the other guy's chest. And after he watched some other chick get swallowed, his choice <laughs> is to go to fuck back in that house. And wiggle a wireless microphone out of his brother's sort of corpse? Y- yeah, like, what's there's left not, of it. I mean... There, there looked to be like the... 
the one part of his clothes <laughs> were like the part of his belt, a lower part of his pants, and an upper part of his shirt attached to barely anything. Just when he picked it up, you could see part of his hips fall out. Man. And he's just digging around in there, and I'm getting spilkas just talking about it. It's just, whoa. That room looks amazing. Oh, yes, it did. Because the gore effects, it's it's insane. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I do think it's almost restraint, because it's not like the splattered all over the wall. Like It looks very realistic. Like There's dark, gross chunks and shit. Yeah, and you couldn't tell if it was flesh or <laughs> organs or what it was. It was just wrong. Uh, written large, just R-O-N-G, wrong. So, yeah, they do about, what, 10-minute split-screen sequence. Yeah, and the, the split-screen sequences before that did not bother me. That one did because of the movement. There was separate movements. The light was moving at different directions at different times, and it was really disconcerting. And I believe it's Mark's camera. He sets it down a bunch. So it's just long, long, static shots of mm -hmm. nothing. Well, like, except you the piano. Hear, well, yeah, you hear audio, but like kind of who gives a shit? Yeah, and, and, and I'm, again, I'm sitting there I've, because this movie has already trained me to watch both screens, to watch all three things at the same time. But because of the movement, I was almost sick to my stomach. I had to pull back. And, then, you know, I'm just like waiting for somebody to talk. I'm like. Covering my eyes, going, okay, are they talking yet? Okay. The end of this movie can go fuck itself, too. <laughs> Man, I don't know what it is about, like, movies that I really, really like. That, like, like this one and uh, High Tension and shit like that. Where, like, it ramps up the whole movie and at the end you just go, oh, fuck you. But I will, I will say that, yes, that sequence could have been a lot shorter. But at least it paid off. At the end, why in the third act you would still be filming? Because they can only see the specter through the camera with the light, which is eh, kind of cheating, but it, at least it, it's plausible within the rules of the film. Yeah. And it, it at least answered the question because that, would, that, again, that was what kept me watching the first time I was going through this. Yeah, it, I will give this movie credit too because it's real blunt with everything that it does. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do a whole lot of like, slick shit with anything it's pretty in your face everything that happens right but the meaning behind it we are never quite sure of but i again they left it ambiguous just exactly the way they told you we're yes. going to leave it ambiguous because remember too um at the very end when you th you think they're finally getting away obviously we know they're not getting away but you kind of feel like it and they come across all of a sudden you can hear Amy wheezing, just making this horrible wheezing, weird noises, caught breaths. And they pull up to that tree, and then you see the camera set down, and that's when the demon comes out, or the specter comes well, out? Well, yeah, it comes out and slashes her back. Right. And then they get in the truck, and they're driving for a while. It's just a shot of Mark driving. Mm -hmm. And we hear something gross happening with Amy, and we never see what it is, but Mark's saying, oh, Amy, no! 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 And we don't know what it is. Right. But, but I think it seems like it was it was caught on the very end of whatever the property would be. So to me, it was like whatever was happening only stays within that area. Because they crashed the car and did it flip? Or did they just spin out? Either I think it way, spun out and then went to black, I think. Yeah, because... They couldn't get it started again or some shit like that. Because, of course, they couldn't. And Amy says, point the camera at me, Mark. Yeah, that's not no. Just and Mark, no. I'm sorry. And he says, for what? She says, the first rule of found footage. And her eyes glow red. She bites him. Roll credits. Mm -hmm. Man. <laughs> Which begs the other question. As we're watching three different films throughout this whole film, are we actually watching... The found footage or are we watching the finished product you know it, it left that open at least for me yes because yeah we don't know if this was actually the ending to the film specter of death mm -hmm. they finally figured out the ending and that's what they ended up with or did everybody and it, die and it is i don't know if i'm reading too much into it but that callback from earlier where they say oh we didn't have an ending Mm -hmm. So it just has one of the most generic endings possible. Mm -hmm. I, again, I could be thinking too much into it to try and rationalize why or I like Derek this movie. Derek got his wish and left it ambiguous so he can charge you that big IMAX money. 
I'd go see this in IMAX. I would too. I don't know about 3D, man. 3D movies give me a real headache. Well, they said for this one again, they did different things with perspective than they do in a traditional 3D movie, and that it's improved so much that even the, they said they spent about $2,000 each on those cameras, which sounds like nothing if you're having 3D cameras. But yeah, they. I forgot my point. Yeah, I don't know uh, what, sorry, what right? you were saying. Hmm? Oh, well. Hey. Good point, James. Thank you. But yeah, um, I really liked it. I really liked this movie. I really did too. I really did too. And, and, and again, I love the fact that it, it was so meta all the way through, but it wasn't so meta that it brought you out of it. Uh, there's it, a couple times when it got real close. But um, overall, I mean... They skirted some lines, huh? Yeah, I mean it's pretty charming. It's a pretty mm-hmm. charming little little movie. I, I would you know it stands up to rewatching quickly back to back for me. Usually if I want to rewatch a movie I gotta wait for a while. But I, I, I would watch this again tomorrow. I enjoyed it that much. And I'm gonna try to get that last twenty minutes of the director's commentary because there's a lot of cool stuff in there. <laughs> I just gotta get past them. Yeah, apparently a dude won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, but there's a difference. In a director's commentary, yes, of course, they're going to talk throughout the movie. But then they have little pauses to, hey, this is what I'm talking about. See, in this scene here, blah. And then they were quiet for a minute. No, fucking nah. homeboy just talks through the entire thing. <laughs> this dude did two grams of coke while doing his own director's commentary. <laughs> I'm thinking meth, buddy, because he was, he was going. Man, I, I refuse to listen to Quentin Tarantino talk about anything. Oh Man, he's such an annoying prick. I, if I had to listen, I would like to hear what he has to say through somebody else's voice. No. No? I still don't care. Oh, okay. I'm going to be real honest. I'm not a huge Tarantino fan. I like about three of his movies. I mean, eh. But then again, I saw them, at, again, I saw them as they came out. And they were kind of a big event at the art houses. So I saw it at the music box out in Chicago, and it was yeah. a big deal, and that's all me and my friends talked about for six months. My problem with him is that, like, all right, you can skirt the line in the super early 90s for having all the racist shit and whatever else okay, that he has you. in his movies, but then he just didn't stop doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, all right, man. Hey. No, you're not. No, fuck you. I, I think your pass has been revoked, Quentin. I think you <laughs> might want to rethink that. Yeah. Foot-loving fucking weirdo. (laughs) Anywho, James. Yes. What have we got to plug? I don't have anything to plug quite yet. Uh, We have a Facebook group. Oh, yes, we we do. We also have an Instagram page. Oh, I forgot all about the Instagram. I hope nobody else does. Uh, Who cares? (laughs) It's there if you want it. I don't know why you would. (laughs) I don't really know how to use Instagram, I'll be honest. I'll have my oldest show me, and then maybe we'll put some content on yeah, there. Probably not. <laughs> not, doing, not doing any of that bullshit. Sounds like work or effort. But if you go to our Facebook group, you can find a link to our holiday charity. Yes. The Devil Saves Christmas. We are trying to raise $666 for local families that might need a little bit of financial assistance over this holiday season. season. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to donate, you can find links to that. I'll probably put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Or if you or anyone you know could probably use a little financial assistance. Please let us know. Send us an email at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see what we can do. Yep. I'll be honest, it's not going well so far. We just put it up. Yeah. And by we, I mean you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, go give some kids some goddamn money. Because we are not keeping a red cent of that. Absolutely not. That's not going... We're not going to, like, give somebody 20 bucks and buy new microphones or anything. Like, this is all going to people. Nope. So... Give us some fucking money. Hell yeah. So we can give it to people who need it. Pieces of shit. Motherfuckers. You're the fucking worst. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> On uh, that note. After all that, I don't know if I should talk about my dick, but it, well, it's it's a thing. Only fans. It exists. Dr. Pissface. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. Good times. Just slurp it down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
on that note, frothy glass. Of, I don't know about frothy. Uh, you might want to see somebody about that. I don't know. Uh, hmm. There shouldn't be natural. I, I, I guess there's a difference between frothy and when it hits water, or if you're just like pissing in a cup and it's frothy. Yeah, no, because it only the frothiness denotes <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. My mom was a GINers. Don't let's not talk about that. On that note. Got a very particular aroma. <laughs> it smells of asparagus. Mm. Oh, dude, I, I could go for some asparagus. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, I don't. Nope, I missed it. You could see it. You would be terrified.